In the words of Poi Dog Pondering, want to get it right this time. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. middle-aged dads on a journey to Conco. Conco? That's Conco. a river, isn't it? <laughs> the Chicago Marathon. <laughs> to conquer the Chicago Marathon in about 24 weeks. I'm good. How, How are, are you? Brother? I'm all right. We, we did. Took last it's, week off. It's been a heck of a two uh, weeks. There's going to be a lot of swearing today, about two and a half, about two and a half okay. hours. And you stumped me for the first time in Fat Man Chronicles history is I have no idea who your opening quote is from. Yeah. Oh, I guess, Boy Dog Pondering. One of my, uh, one of my favorites from uh, way I'm back gonna have in the to, day. I'm going gotta, to, I'm going to Google them. I just wrote it down. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, it's, it's one of those like uh, kind of underground or alternative bands from, from back in the day. Um, Did they play so, them at yeah. Medusa's? I mean, just, uh, not so much. No, it's more like electronic. I got you. Uh, maybe they did, but it was yeah, like, my, yeah, like there's some electronic. Uh, did I just show there's, my age? So they, they mix a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they mix yeah. a lot of styles, you know? So I don't know. You got to find, look, dude, I got to yeah. find quotes, right? Or like, and. And I don't really think of them too yeah. long before. So it's really, it's like whatever pops in my head. And they played a show recently in Chicago that I saw some people went to. So it's like they were kind of top of mind uh, cool. right now. So, and I'm like, I got to find yeah. something that fits, right? And and I think we both want to get it right this time. Sure. <laughs> well, we always strive to get it right. I think. Yeah, one of us wants to get it right <laughs> the there. journey's just uh, just <laughs> long and and uh, uh, jagged. Yeah. So anyway, uh, why don't you uh, tell us what's been going on, man? It's been it's been two weeks. I well, maybe let me give a quick update. So I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I think. Oh yeah, I had my kids, yeah. my older kids, uh, for for Easter. So. We had Easter, we had Daniel and Lily, and I had to take them back during our kind of normal recording time. And I got to be honest, man, it's been a very long time since I've been separated and, and divorced, right, from, from their mom. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. Divorce is terrible, um, but sometimes it's necessary. And, you know, for both Vanessa and I, their mom, Vanessa, and I, we both ended up with people who are much more compatible mm-hmm. to who we are, right? But but we had children. So we're connected always and you know, we do our best to put those kids first. 
and it's been like 15 years uh, and I still get super emotional when I yeah. have to take them back, right? Like when they're not with me. And um, for anyone who, th- who like at the beginning kind of told me, hey, it'll get easier, it, it doesn't. It didn't and it, and it probably never will. So I get a little mm-hmm. on edge when I've had my kids and then I've had to, to not be with them because it's the hardest thing in my life to not to not be with those old, you know, those two sure. day in and day out. So, um, while I've become better at handling it, it's not easier. And I was having a tough time that day because I had had them a little bit longer. We had celebrated Michaela's birthday and Easter. So I was just kind of not in a good headspace on top of the fact that I had kind of come off an right. awful week mentally. So, you know, I'll and it was just before later, Lily's but, birthday, too, um, that you brought her back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And she turned 16, which is, you know, I, I got to say, for me, this is the, the toughest one, right? Like, it's my little girl. She's turning 16. She's driving. <laughs> she's a beautiful girl. So, you know, boys are yeah. going to be around. Um, and, you know, I can't punch them all in the throat. <laughs> that's what I've been told. That's that's assault. Like, that's a problem. So, uh, yeah, it's just it was just like a rough little span. And I knew that if I recorded, it was going to be just more than it, like, worse than Debbie Downer. It was going to be just an emotional train wreck that I wasn't. Yeah. And, really and ready we for, talked personally. and we made tentative plans to maybe. Do it later on, depending on how long your uh, trip would take. And I could feel it through the words that it was just not going to happen, right? You could tell in the way our conversation was going. And I think we've talked enough. Like, we still never sat down, broke bread, and talked in person. But we've talked enough over the years that you could just tell that... I'll see you next week, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I got to be honest, like, you know, a few years ago, I, yeah. I would have just recorded. Right. And and whatever came out of it, came out of it. I, I, t- I typically can get myself together for these things, um, but not like I just didn't have it in me. And I'm old enough now. And like, I don't right. owe anybody anything. Right. Like this is a this is a free show and people listen to it because they want to. And they're an incredibly understanding mm-hmm. group of people that tune in. So they're not going to, all they said is, Hey, I mean, message after message comes in going, Hey, going to miss you this week on the long run. Yeah. Hope everything's okay with, with you and Dave. Right. And that's it. Like, that's literally all that comes through is nothing but, you know, positivity and good wishes. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what was going on. And, you know, and I didn't know what was going on with, you know, with you, but I, you know, you are in tune, like you said, with me enough to know like, Hey, yeah, like, a, like the Tucker episode here. that no one ever heard, but like, you could just tell that yeah, yeah, yeah. you were not putting up with that. And we just shut it down and, you know, yeah. we saved it. We came back later that night, had a good talk, but you know, yeah, that's what that's called adulting. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I still don't want to admit that. Even yeah, I'll grow up at some old, point. Right? So, <laughs> all right. So, what's been going on with you these last? Uh, why well, have? Uh, two weeks ago, East the week leading up to Easter was a train wreck that I was not prepared for. The bakery was super busy, and I did not expect it to be as busy as it was. And then working the second job, I just wasn't really prepared for it mentally. And then um, this week, leading up from Easter to now, I've really had a good week. I will be honest and say I have not done jack anything athletically. Uh, I've been working. Um, I'm really on the struggle bus. Um, not really mentally of... Like, time management is, I don't know how to do it, right? I've never, I've never, so, yeah, you, yeah I've never been in this you. position. Yeah. Braden is super busy. Farrakh has gone back to work. And then I'm working the two gigs. And I, I, it's not like I'm working 80 hours a week. I just, I, you don't become 300 pounds and a boozer by having great time management skills and stuff. And I've just been struggling with that. I will say today is um, uh, D-Day for uh, my marathon training program. So shout out to Kevin too, who's officially um, starting his team and training program. Uh, luckily today's an easy day, but um, I've had a really great week. I just have not gotten my butt out the door, right? And I don't know why uh, I, I'm in a really great mood. I will be honest and admit that I've been drinking the last two weeks, and that probably has a lot to do with it because um, you're just not motivated really to get up in the morning. One day I did manage to lay my, my flat run clothes out, and if you're a runner, you know about your flat run. And uh, I, my alarm went off at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I was just like, F this, I'm not waking up at 4 in the morning. But I have to do that tomorrow morning. So uh, all of, by the time this comes out and everyone listens to this podcast, you can either give me kudos or give me crap because I have to run two and a half miles uh, before I go to the bake shop tomorrow. So you had a run on the uh, I did not the do calendar. the race. So you... um, Braden, uh, throwing wise, um, has been kind of, on the struggle bus and i shouldn't say throwing wise he is super loaded um the last couple weeks he's on the tech crew building props for the middle school musical and then with coaching and his weightlifting he's just not the same kid right he's just there's nothing really going on he's just tired he doesn't have the same excitement he's not dancing and singing when he throws which he normally does he's taking longer breaks when he's weightlifting and there's no music going on and normally we crank music and he sings and he dances so he's just it's kind of off and i didn't want it we had plans to go to richmond to throw and i really wanted to take him to richmond and put him back um, in an environment with some older kids, some high school throwers, some college throwers, and just a really more motivating, fun environment. 
so, and I wasn't going to, initially I was going to go to the race and he could have went to his local meet with Ferica and everything would have went fine. But I really wanted to get the, the road trip with him and kind of have a father son time, see if that motivation can get back in, see if I can get him to open up about what's going on. Is there really any issues going on or is he just lost the ump for everything kind of the season? Did he want to quit? throwing is he over it that kind of thing and uh so we went to richmond we had an awesome day it was 90 degrees outside yesterday and pete i can tell you i am not ready at 300 pounds for 90 degree heat but uh he had a great day throwing he kind of had that pep back in his step um he doesn't want to quit anything thank god i really thought he was going to tell me he was over it and uh he didn't want to do it anymore but he's still passionate about it. He's just kind of tired. And um, the musical is, he's not really enjoying the music, like the tech part. He likes building the sets, but he's not really enjoying it. And it's been a couple months and he's just kind of over the whole thing and looking forward to this week to be over. And uh, I, I, I'm glad he had that conversation with me that he's at, 12 almost 13 is able to be open and honest and um tell me that he you know he he really enjoys everything that he does he just doesn't have the same excitement this week about it and that's okay but we had a great day yesterday and uh i'm glad that we got to spend the time together talking and just being a father-son so did he, he did. with that meat or just... He did. He did a uh, shot did. put yesterday, okay. and he's kind of in a, a slump with shot put. Uh, but, you know, I told him even the best... He's trying too hard to to get a number, so his numbers are, of course, lower than he wants it. And he's still... He threw 37 feet, 6 inches with a 9-pound shot put, 8.8 pounds, which is really good, Right. But to him, he should be a much better thrower. But I tell you, even the best baseball hitters in the major leagues go through their little slump. And you just got to find your rhythm back. It will come back at some point, and you'll just feel it. And uh, then this will all be forgotten, and you'll be your cocky, arrogant self all over again. And then he kind of found his rhythm at discus. And uh, he set a uh, meet PR in discus. He threw 126 feet, uh, three inches, which for him is like a, a top six throw in the country. So he was really happy with that. We had a great day. We had great conversations. And uh, at one point, there were some tears where he thought that um, I asked him if he wanted to quit. And he, he was like the passion came out that um, it was okay for him. Like he was afraid to tell me that he was just not feeling it this week. And I think he was afraid that I was going to be upset if he said that. So there was some, like some tears in his eyes, like, you know, all red and glassy. And he told me that. And he's like, and I was just like, I, if you, I'd much rather have you happy as Braden, the kid that I know, than Braden, the thrower, be unhappy. Like, if you need to shut down this season, we'll shut down this season. And uh, I think he was relieved that I I wasn't uh, upset that he just wasn't feeling it this week. And that's okay. 
Sure. I mean, everybody sometimes just needs. Yeah. Know, look, I've been in that off, funk right? for I mean, two years. Well, golfers. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like golfers, you know, baseball players, like in, in, in those individual sports, they'll just shut yeah. down for a week or two or sometimes four. Right. And, and just take the time off, kind of rejuvenate and, and come back. But it sounds to me like he's scheduled at a point where he's just so taxed, right? That he probably just yeah. kind of lost, lost, right. lost the momentum. And they're at the you end. Know, it's, so it's, he, where he had much more time in the beginning of this musical uh, practice, and now it's like ramp up. This is tech week, so there's three shows this weekend. So he's just, and he never wants to take a break. Right, so I'm like, I asked him today, "Hey, do you want do you want me to call your weightlifting coach and just blank your schedule for the week, so you're not going from your play rehearsal to weightlifting and getting home at seven thirty, eight o'clock all day this week?" And he's like, "No, no, I can do it. I'll lift at six o'clock." And I admire that like passion and drive that he doesn't want to give anything up. But I think I, I'm I'm going to watch him really closely. And I might just pull the dad card and erase the schedule for the week and just let him be and come back next week when he's got way more time. And, you know, like he can enjoy his lifting and throwing and um, just being a kid. We've been going to see a lot of his friends play baseball. And I think he's enjoying that, like just being a kid and go hanging out. Like, so I think he needs it. We we canceled all his uh, postseason stuff. We're not doing any national meets or anything um this summer so he really has three meets left and normally we'd go all the way through the middle of july but we shut it down after his three local meets it's time to be a kid gotcha so for you does his schedule or or his uh kind of mood does that impact you in terms of you getting anything i know it impacts you as a dad right but does it impact you in terms of like how you're like, are you so focused on him that you feel like I can't get, I've your always been focused on other people. Like, you know, and it's kind of like, um, it, it's a family trait that everyone in my, my sister, and my mom, were all in service and we're all really, really good at taking care of other people and not so good at taking care of ourselves. So, um, I've kind of been hard on myself because I don't know how to take care of myself like I could take care of Braden. Does that make sense? So, like, if he's in a funk, I don't think I act any differently now that he's in this funk versus he's having a great week. I still, right, I don't feed myself the way I feed him. It's just something that I have to learn. Now I have to learn it pretty quickly, right? And how to make myself a priority. And uh, every, like I have to, I'm older. So everyone's always say, you know, like you put your mask on your, you you put the mask on yourself first, then your kid kind of thing. And that's, uh, I'm at that struggle bus now. But uh, I don't really think, his funk is affecting my funk. My funk is just my personality trait and how I got to this point for 51 years. And I, I really used to be able to conquer Sorry. it. Now I don't really know how to conquer it anymore. 
Well, I mean, that's yeah, that's going to be a tough one, right? I mean, like, so you've got two. I mean, besides the home front, right? Mm-hmm. You've got two jobs that you're working. Yeah, they're both. both so right? I say, I say, I'm working two jobs, but there are people out there who work legitimate two jobs, right? So I don't want to make it sound like it's. I still don't work forty hours a week, right? It. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, like, so don't feel sorry for me. Oh, David's trying to, you know, work two jobs and run a marathon. <laughs> there are people out there who are working way, right? Making cupcakes and doing some emails is not too difficult, right? So, I, you know, um, when I say the two jobs, it's really more of my own time management issues than, oh, I'm tired and I can't get anything done. I'm done by three thirty, four o'clock every day if not earlier all right so this plan then then you've got is it a four day a week plan it is a four day a week plan so uh my first week i wrote it down is a 10 mile total week for week one so um i have two days of like uh like a a five to ten minute warm-up which i'm gonna do like a simple 10 minute Peloton warm up thing. And then they give me an exercise program. So it's eight exercises. You do two sets of these eight exercises, which for right now, it's really, it's like air squats, leg raises, you know, some uh, tricep kickbacks, and then four runs. Uh, I have a two and a half mile run, a two mile run, a long run, and then like an active recovery run which would be so it's typically those are like it's Tuesday, exactly Thursday, Tuesday Thursday Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday. Um, well and let's not let's not give air squats not like they, uh, they I, I will have my issues but it's not like a I mean um, it's not like a, a full <laughs> like huge workout it's you know the two Eight repetitions each of eight exercises, or eight repetitions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I guess what my point is, though, that that level of saying it's not a full like that's all right. That's just my right? that's my it is thinking. A full workout, right? Yeah, I, I and I'm just I'm trying to help reframe that potentially, <laughs> right? Like, it is a full workout, dude. Like, you're going from Almost nothing. Yeah, well, I, right? yeah, I get off the couch like stuff. eight times. That's a, day. a full workout. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a so that's a full workout. Like, I, I don't know if that helps you or not, right? Like, like I kind of feel like if you view it as something that's lower end, let's say, like, like not a big deal, you're more apt to blow it off because, hey, it's not a big deal. You know, yeah, it's not a you're a hundred percent correct there. Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I hope. I mean, I think going from zero to six days a week of exercise is that's a lot. Like, even if it was six two mile mm. walks, that's a lot. Yeah, the, right? for this zero, first month, right? I have no misconceptions that this is going to be a struggle, right? Just finding finding the switch to click on that I have to go do this workout and 10 minute Peloton. It, it's, it's, 
where people make it it's uncon it's a it's not a conscious thought process like they're going to run today i'm going to exercise today i'm going to get on my bike today it will probably take five minutes to do this workout and two hours of me convincing myself to go do the workout right that's where that's where i'm at and it will take a good three to four weeks to like get in a routine and figure all this stuff out and not have the argument tomorrow morning like i'm already thinking in my head of how i'm going to conquer when my alarm goes off to not say f it and that's why i'm glad the show's coming out because right i'm on strava so everyone in our little group is going to know all my friends are going to know the people are going to know if i said f it it got up at four in the morning or why am I listening to the show? This fat drunk guy is not getting this done, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if you did, yeah, that drunk, it might be, you know, more. Well, then we had to do it at eight knows. o'clock at night. Uh, my witching hour. Yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Because you talk about that switch going off, and you know, for for me. I think it has, I, I think, I hope, I, my, my, I'm determined that it has. And mine, you know, revolves around this awful disease of diabetes. I mean, I have been struggling with, and, and almost, like I've talked about it, but I've almost been in somewhat mm-hmm. in denial that I'm, that I'm diabetic. I didn't change enough of what I was doing because I've talked about this on the show before, like I'm wrapped up in this identity of the wine guy and the foodie guy. And I go out and drink wine and eat good meals or cook good meals and have good wine at home. And I I was so wrapped up in like that identity. And I found myself with a lot of FOMO and I've, I actually found myself scrolling I haven't gone back to Instagram yet for whatever reason um, or Twitter, but I had, you know, I'm on Facebook more for the groups and I found myself scrolling my feed and like admiring others, you know, what they were drinking and eating. And like, I kind of just put myself in this, Mm -hmm. this FOMO kind of mood. Right. And I also um, had before, you know, the Thursday before we recorded, maybe Wednesday, I can't remember what day it happened, but something tweaked on a run where my back started to hurt, my lower back. And when I went out for my run on my long run, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I couldn't go. So that's two in a row where I couldn't go. And I had a race coming up and I was kind of woe is me. And I had my kids and my back's killing me. And like, I could barely walk and how am I going to run? And I'm, uh, I'm a blob. I'm <laughs> eating like crap. I'm like, I'm stuck. Like, I, yeah. like I'm screwed, now, did you, right? Did you do your and race maybe, yesterday? I did. Yeah. I'll, I'll build up to that. Um, okay. Or not yesterday, Saturday. Uh, so my, my, my point being that like, I got to the depths, like, the, then when the kids went home, I was at like a low, low point, 
like, hey, I'm probably just going to die early anyway, so why don't I just enjoy life? What's the use in doing any of this? Who cares? Like, I I just, I I started to go down this, this spiral of it doesn't matter. You know, people in my family have been on diabetes medication for long periods of time, had to take on more medication. Sure. That's my fate. So nothing I could do is going to change that. Right. And, um, I, I had to take a, a, a really big soul search. Like, what do I want to have happen? Well, pain is a pretty decent motivating factor because I don't like to take painkillers. I'll, I'll take some ibuprofen but I don't like to mm-hmm. take any more than that, really. And even that, I don't prefer it, you know, in any any kind of length of time. But I mean, I was desperate. I was I was popping Advil to just to make the pain go away enough that I could walk, right? I could get up and do things. So now I'm I'm having to tell my coach, right? I'm having to tell how I am. Look, I can't go. I can't do it um, again, right? So I'm got that little bit of embarrassment on top of it. And then I've got the, of course he can, right? He's <laughs> fat and diabetic. Why sure, do you sure. think he could do this? Right, but you're thinking it? that. She's not right? thinking that. Sure. No, it's just me, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I I really decided, okay, I'm going to do the exercises I know help. So I started doing the PT-like exercises that, that I know help that I was given many, many years ago that I was doing at the beginning of my running to prevent this from happening, that I just stopped because I got a little arrogant and I feel fine. So what, you know, why am I gonna waste my time doing this? Kind of, that's why I brought up like, it's not a full workout thing, right? Cause I'm like, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, it's not that hard. Like, so what, what's the difference, right? Um, well, there's a difference <laughs> because you end up stooped over and crooked and not being able to move. And it got to the day after Easter. We had celebrated all. So April's like they got this birthday. It's my brother. It's your birthday, whole family and every kid's birthday, right? <laughs> yeah, like uh, my my uh, Michaela's birthday is April fifteen. Lily's is April twenty, and then my niece Claire is today, actually April twenty fifth. Um, uh, and so we have Easter. And then we go to my grandma's house because she's 98, so we have to go over to her. And we have the desserts, you know, and celebrate the birthday there. Um, and, you know, so there's four desserts, basically, right? Or three desserts. Like, so I have some, and then I finally just stick a steak in the ground. I don't, you know, I had made this great ham for Easter. It was delicious. It's like, and that's not bad. Like, it's not bad. Like, you eat a few, you know, four ounces of ham and some veggies and I'm fine, right? Now, but I couldn't do it. Like I'm eating piles of mashed potatoes and piles of ham and piles of everything. And and it got to Monday, um, so a week ago today, and I I just told Gretchen, I'm like, I've gotta be done. Like either I have to accept the fate of I'm only going to get sicker. And I started reading more and more about nutrition when it comes to diabetes and um, also like uh, kind of things that can happen to your body because like diabetes Mm -hmm. get a lot of skin issues 
very easily. And I've got like just like a like right, wounds right. don't heal fast, and so even just like a hangnail doesn't doesn't heal, right? Like, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like so now I've got a body that can't heal itself. I feel like crap, right? And I and I'm like, okay, I'm going to this nutritionist, right? In a few days. Or this diabetic, this endocrinologist, whatever it was, and I'm like, I'm, I'm ready, right? I'm ready to do this. And then I get this call from the office of the endocrinologist, going, "Yeah, you're not supposed to see us." I'm like, I have been waiting to do this, right, for months. I finally get the appointment, and now two days before I'm supposed to be there, you're calling to tell me wrong place. I'm like, or wrong person? I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So who's the right person? Well, it's a diabetic uh, nutritionist. Okay. Well, just put me on their calendar. Like, figure it out. No, no, no. It's a whole different I don't office. understand. Okay. The referrals to endocrinology, not to this nutrition place. Like, what? what is going on? Yeah. Right? I lost it, dude. I... I was, I spent hours trying to figure this out. I finally get through to the right place after hours and hours researching, calling, office to office, transfer, transfer, finally get to the right place, right? And they tell me that I have to go do all this like pre-work with my insurance company to see if it's even covered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I have to, that I have to pay for it in the meantime. This is where the swearing portion of the podcast start. I basically said, okay, I got to go. Got off the phone and just went, what the So this is all a health insurance like, issue at this point. Well, yes. Like, well, that and just the way that it's so confusing who I'm supposed to see, right? I'm like, why can't there just be a fucking yeah. online checklist of yeah. here's who you need to see, click it, and let's go. Right? Like, this is way more complicated than it needs to be. And no wonder right. people just give up. Right? Like, this is awful. So it was at that time where I decided I'm just going to go read everything I can, every competing thought. And I read, and I've got the luxury to do this. This is where the privilege comes in, right? I have the luxury to go read this stuff. I read for over six hours all the different competing thoughts on what mm -hmm. you're supposed to do. And from the American Diabetes Association to the um, the people who believe that you need to uh, be more like higher protein, less protein. Uh, here's how you use whole grains. People that think fat is bad for diabetes. People who think fat isn't bad for diabetes. Like I read everything. So first of all, Kudos to everybody in the world for making this yeah. infinitely confusing, right? And what I, I kind of took bits and pieces of everything I read, the stuff that I could kind of go read a little bit more. So that was mm -hmm. six hours in one day. And then I've spent another about six hours since then. So about 12 hours overall doing that deeper research and deciding kind of what I'm going to do, right? So it's been a week <laughs> and although the week hasn't been perfect um, and nothing ever is, and that's the whole thing, right? Perfect is the enemy of the good. 
So um, I decided, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to worry about making sure I grab every low-fat mm-hmm. thing, right? Like low-fat yogurt, low-fat... I don't really drink milk. I'm going to have half and half. If I have cheese, it's going to be full-fat cheese. Like I decided I'm going to go with that. Yes, those who disagree with me can go ahead. But you know what, Pete? You're never going to find anything food-related, nutrition for any cardiovascular health, diabetes. You're never going to find a unified front, right? So you really, N equals one. You got to do what you do. Research diabetic athletes and runners and what they do and figure out what works for Pete. Yeah. And well, so I will tell you the reason that I decided to go with regular fat, right, is um, it's less processed for one. And for two, a lot of times when things are low fat, they'll add something Mm -hmm. to it like sugar sure to make it taste better right Pete, you know you don't taste good and it, you don't and have to really, really worry because my mom's right? gonna email me afterwards and she's gonna give me pages of what you're supposed to do so i'll just send you that and then you'll be you'll be cured perfect <laughs> that's what i was hoping for i'm a Dutch kid's advice <laughs> uh yeah so i just but but i also decided to just eat um kind of back to this no processed foods deal right like i don't want to eat out of packages as much as possible right so i'm eating more uh there's some things that i'm going to eat in a package right like i'm i'm having some yogurt again which i really enjoy um i i actually put some uh Mm -hmm. pb2 powder in it. it makes like a peanut butter yogurt so that's a i mean i understand there's some things that are processed right but I'm not having chips and like if I need a snack, I'm gonna go get nuts sure. or a piece of fruit or a vegetable. Like that's what I I've been doing. We've eaten out during this time, uh, over the last week. But I'm trying to eat as mm-hmm. much at home as possible, and I'm eating less. Right. So just basically cutting myself off and zero when it comes to sugary. Like when it comes to desserts, right? So no cake, no cookies, no ice cream, the stuff that I love. And I've gone with no booze yeah. for now. I, You know, and I, I have to give another shout out to Shay who helped me with, you know, like we read that, we talked about that book, you know, before. And although the book didn't speak to me, the thought that making a conscious decision and making it a thought process, um, that did, right? And right now I'm making... Yeah, I'm see, I got a way... I just, from that and it just became like my it, it was an everyday habit and like when I as you said when it was a conscious thought not to it was so easy not to and when it becomes not a conscious thought it's just as easy to sit down and pour a glass or open a can of beer and sit with Farica and watch. Uh, we watch a lot of Big Bang Theory, and you do that for an hour, then you go to bed, right? It's so easy yeah. to get there, and um, the wheel of turning that back is not always the easiest. Yeah, and I mean, 
I, I'm doing it more yeah, because yeah, of yeah. the diabetes side. Like, I, if I didn't, if I wasn't diabetic, I probably would be back to, you know, just having mm-hmm. a glass or two of wine. But I have to be honest, like, I don't process that stuff very well anymore. So even like a, a any more than a glass was like impacting me um, with sleep and then in the morning. Uh, so Oh, yeah. I sleep terribly now. Anyway. And it's all it's Tito's Yeah, fault. yeah. Right, and I and I know it. I, I yeah, Tito yeah, beverage, you know, he he makes good stuff, but I sleep terribly, I eat terribly, and it's, you know, you could fix right. a lot with that, but you know, that's a that's another episode, another show. Now, my question for you, and I have thought this: what has your thoughts been through all this with the marathon itself? Are you in that internal struggle of F this marathon, I don't know why I'm doing this, I can't do this, or having this at at the at a point in the calendar, is that helping you get through this? I was struggling with it a lot during that time, right? I also added a CPAP, by the way, which you know, I'll give a, a, a review, a full review on that after mm-hmm. I've had more than a week and a half of, of usage. Um, but the, I, I've struck, I was like, what am I doing during that period of time? For sure. Have you been having uh, those thoughts? The marathon itself is not like, what am I doing? I, I do have a little bit of imposter syndrome. But when I ran my first marathon, I was in the same boat that I am now, right? I was 296 pounds. Couldn't, at the time, I couldn't run a mile in whatever year it was. 2010 is when I first signed up for Disney. So I know I have a little bit of imposter syndrome. I know I can do it if I put the effort in. I'm not the same at 51 as I was at 41, where you can kind of like just gut through it. Chicago, going to Chicago, right? If this was a virtual marathon, I would find it easier, but then it would be much easier to say, fuck it, I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? So that's where my, my struggle is. I really, I really want to do this marathon, but sometimes the Chicago part of it is not worth it to me. And that's my struggle, like hotel, trying to figure out how to get to the expo and all that stuff is where my struggle is. And sometimes I'm, I love for everything else that's going on in my life. I love having that date on the calendar. And I really, it's, I really want something positive back in my life that's about me. Right, and that's what I, I'm missing, and I, I I'm struggling through. And like, my kid is awesome, my wife is awesome, and I'm just kind of blah. So there's that imposter syndrome, and sh- the Chicago part of it is is where I find the conflict, not the marathon part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get, but that. I definitely need uh, that October I mean, from- 9th on my calendar to help me get back to feeling good about myself. Well, I mean, and I'm hoping that 
kind of knowing there's an mm. audience here, you know, small as small as it is, you know, I know <laughs> some don't like to hear that, but it's it's a relative term. I I would let me rephrase that. It's an it's a it's an engaged audience, right? They they're tied to the successes and failures of the people who are on the show, whether it's me and Gretchen or me and you. They feel like mm-hmm. they're invested in us, right? So they will and I and stuff, I think a, right and I and I can tell you some people have because they said, "Hey, Dave must not have done his race." I right, right, right. They got and, and I think <laughs> we're not. We don't mention anything that's not totally relatable to other people. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's right for the most part. I mean, and and here's where kind of to your point, like it's got it's got a turn that's something positive for me. My mindset turned on Monday, even with the aggravation of the the, the doctor and um, all that stuff, uh, the endocrinologist, the nutritionist, the costs. In the end, I'm, it made me better to just go read mm-hmm. and understand, you know, to the best of my ability. And I just wasn't willing at that point to shell out because they make you like go week after week or month after month. I don't even understand what they were going to do. But basically, they're going to go. I'm going to go in there. They're going to tell me don't eat processed foods and eat like the Mediterranean diet right. as much as you can. Right. Like. I don't, I don't need, I don't need somebody to tell me that's what I need to do. I needed somebody to help me understand how quickly I could control the disease of diabetes. And I'm not sure they are the right person or not, but it doesn't matter because that will get controlled if I just do the right things. And I had to stop wanting to speed up that process. And I just decided to buckle down and just do what I needed to do. Eat better, not perfect exercise more not as much as possible right like or optimally good enough is good enough like and then you just build on that and then the more i did each day each day of the week the more i did the right things and good things better Mm -hmm. things started happening right like my uh my back started to get better right oh geez that's amazing you do your (laughs) pt stuff day in and day out your back gets better uh, it got to the point where I could finally run. I I think it might have been Friday, like it was it was a long time between runs, you know. And I'm like, oh, I can finally, I could finally run. And so I decided I'm gonna race, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's safe to race. But remember now, I've lost a week of training, more or less though the hay is right. in the barn, right? Um, at that point, so I did go out to the champion of trees 10k uh the morton arboretum in lyle and that race is uh really good if you want to bring a fam like if you want to bring your kid like in a stroller if you want to walk it there's like Mm -hmm. a whole division there right like of a whole section now what's a little disheartening and i might post this picture as like part of when i post the episode um a little disheartening to see like six minute, seven minute, eight minute, nine minute, ten minute <laughs> strollers. So it's like it just like if you're not running a ten minute mile, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. really a runner. 
you know, you might as well grab a stroller and, and push a kid because you're not really a runner if you're not running 10 minutes. Like, I just thought it was disheartening. Like, I'm, I'm looking at that going, I feel this is why bigger people, slower runners don't feel welcome and why we keep calling ourselves slow. When events go and put 10 minutes as the max and it didn't even say like 11 to 15 or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. It just, it, it just literally went 10 minutes, strollers. And there was maybe 15 feet between them. So it's like not a lot yeah. of places to line up, you know? And um, so anyway, the weather was gorgeous. It was um, race time. It was during the race. It went from like 68 to 70, uh, sunny. So it's warmer mm-hmm. than it has been, which is a little tough, you know, coming off some training. Um, I went out there with one earbud in, you know, one eye, uh, whatever they call those things, iPod. No, those iPods are the earbuds. Call those things, the earbuds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Apple ones, though. Yeah, something AirPods like that. or something. I don't know. Anyway, I had one of those in, and I listen. I I've been listening to books and. Sometimes podcasts, I decided just to go with a book and I got to get lost in it, right? And, you know, you, the race was like ready. So I got there early. I warmed up, did about a 10-minute run. I did some, you know, dynamic stretching, got into the basically stroller area, like just basically right in front. I was really <laughs> afraid of getting run over. And, you know, start the race, went off a little bit early, which was fine with me couple minutes and first mile i'm feeling really good and you should right i warmed up properly the first mile should feel good uh the second mile felt really good and then right as you are kind of finishing that second mile um you start or maybe it was right before you start this really long uphill and I understand for other people, this isn't going to be much mm-hmm. like that live in a hilly area, but for Illinois, this it's hilly, right? It's a long, long hill. And I'd have to see that thing again. So the way that it works, it kind of loops around and you finish um, a loop and then you go out and do like a bigger loop around the outside of that first loop. So you finish, um, come through and it's not, you're not quite halfway there when you're kind of near the finish line. And you see the mile six marker, like when you're running out to mile one. So you're like, huh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, how's this all going to work out? And it's been years since I did the race. So I kind of forgotten, but man, you get to that hill the (laughs) second time. And I'm like, you, you just walk hills. So I, so my goal Mm -hmm. was to run the hills, um, try to just drive through them. And I did for the most part. I got both those hills. I, I ran them. They weren't very steep. It was sure, more sure. like long and, you know, gradual. And I got through it. I'm like, okay, my big problem is I can't walk and take on mm-hmm. like a gel. I mean, I can't run and take on a gel. I've got to walk. So at about the halfway mark at around 5K, might have been just past 5K, I decided to take a gel on um, because it was a little bit warmer I want to practice with nutrition and 
you know, I, I'm like, why not just take one gel in? So I had a Morton gel with me, which is pure sugar. But I think that that's okay. That's like the one question I still have, you know, probably for a diabetic nutritionist when I finally go, uh, once I know if it's covered, uh, is understanding that part, the fueling. But anyway, so I took in the Morton and I walked that section and then I started running again. And there was one more hill. I want to say it was right right around the five mile, just after the five mile mark, that was a little steeper. And I just, I needed like just a, about 30 seconds of walking there um, just to kind of get my, get myself like psyched back up. Because I'll tell you mentally at that moment, I was <laughs> doing race math of mm -hmm. where I was going to finish um, and what goals I was going to hit. And that's where I started really questioning if I wanted to do a marathon, because when I finished this, I'd have 20 miles to go. And I'm like, do I yeah. really want to do this? Like, am I going to have this in me? And that was just that fun factor, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt creep in sometimes. And uh, I shook it off and decided, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run the rest of the way. And then whatever I got, in the race notes, Holly Ann had given me, she's like, just go that last 400 meters, just run it as best you can. Don't let yourself get past. And I got to that six mile mark and I'm like, you know yeah. what? I'm out of gas. Screw it. I'm going to run. And I just started digging in. And there was a point where um, somebody was kind of, they were coming up on me a little bit and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to let myself get past. I, I'm going to take her advice. And I kind of went into, a, you know, another gear for me, which for most people would be like stuck <laughs> in first, but I, you know, to, to, but I finished strong and, you know, I think it was like a 10 30 something pace during that last point two. Mm -hmm. And the race was a little long by about 0.05, but not, not terrible at all. Um, but it, it really got me thinking like, okay, I'm 1030 when I'm sure. going all out, like at the end of this race. I'm and then still you're not trying to figure out your Boston qualifying time corrals. and what you need to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Um, but I, I did hit my goals. I hit, which was first sure. of all, just to finish the race, you know, outstanding, and feel good about it. Right. Second, I wanted to go mm. under an hour 20, which I did. And really, ideally, I wanted to be in the 116 and change area or less. And I did. I was uh, an hour 16, That's awesome. 17. So, uh, you know, the watch had it at a 1210 pace. The race had it at a 1217 That's pace. That's awesome. Slight discrepancy in mileage. So I felt really good about that, especially coming off the back, the, the doubts that I was having. But I just, you know, even every time I wanted to walk in that race, I just had to tell myself, yeah, no, no, no you're that's out here to killer. Run. That's a great job. And Way to go, Pete. Thank you. And and I felt good, you know. And then at the end, I was like, okay, so I only got to take like a minute 45 per mile for 26.2 miles off my time <laughs> to go sub five. Yeah, easy. So no problem, right? <laughs> I got 20, 24 weeks to, to train and 
you know. So, but there's no rest, man. I got done with that, and now, um, you know, Coach Holly Ann has got my my weekend. I'm going to five days a week now of running. Uh, I've got a nine miler this weekend, which I'll have to do in Washington because I got to be down there because Daniel nice. has senior prom. Uh, so I'll be down out of town. So this is and what's be a the distance week, right? between got... where you are and them? Two hours. Two hours. That's about two hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's about a two-hour drive, a little bit more, but right around two hours. So, yeah, challenging week, right, with going to five days, being out of town, got to watch nutrition, got to get the runs in. I want to go into morning running. Like, I, I've got to make that shift, um, and I'm ready to do it. So, hopefully, instead of mid-afternoon run or mid-morning run, yeah. mostly mid-afternoon run, you'll see uh, some morning runs coming up. And dude, I like my mindset. I, I can't say it's 180 degrees, but a good oh, 162 sure. and a half degrees, you know, different than where I was at. And I I know I could do the like I'm back to okay, I know I could do the marathon. I can I can't beat diabetes tomorrow. And I I, I like I'm tearing up thinking about it just because, man, it sucks. Like I didn't want to let myself get to this point and I've got to get over that shit, right? Like I've got to get over the fact that I let this happen because my choices exacerbated the problem, but there's a huge genetic component here and yeah, I've got to accept that. I might have had and diabetes I, no matter I, what I, I did. I truly believe that your choices... What did you just say? I was trying to... Your choices may have gotten you... Ex, ex, what's the word? Yes. But your issue. choices can also make a huge difference. Right? Like, you're... you're right. You have the, the, the cards that are dealt, but it's up to you how you play those cards. And I truly think that this... That a great weekend like you just had could be monumental in the shift of where you go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've got to be realistic about weight too. Like I I've said like, Hey, I want to lose weight, but it's not the focus. Uh, it's gotta be a focus. Like there's a weight for me is a big factor in how mm. I feel. And especially when I run, it's a big factor in how I sleep. It's, and it's a big factor in the choices that I make when I eat. So it's yes. all interrelated, I, right? Like when I exercise, I want to eat better. When I eat better, the exercise gets easier. When I, when the exercise gets easier, I want to make better choices on what I eat. And all that will come back to the outcome is weight loss. And it is an outcome that I need. It's an outcome. I can't even say that I want it anymore. It's I need it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just I, have I, to have it because it, it's too much too yeah, long. I think like it's this. a disservice and a, and a lie. And I won't say for us, it's definitely a disservice and a lie to myself and possibly us to say that weight loss is not a priority, an issue, or a concern. For me... I was trying to say that it's not an issue, but there are certain basic things in life that you cannot do 
at a level of obesity that I am and people that are heavier are. And for me at 300 pounds to say that weight loss is not a concern or a priority is a lie to myself and a disservice to myself and disrespectful to my wife and kid because so much can happen as a result of my weight that if I don't and I like the conversation of healthy fat right that we've had and Farrakh and I have had this talk and it's not even about that it's being comfortable in your own skin and I am my self-worth issues and pride and all that stuff and how I feel and what I can do are a thousandfold worse because of who I see in the mirror right now and what the scale tells me. And I, for a 360 degrees of my life pie, weight loss has to be a priority and a concern. And to say that it it's not is just yeah. lying to myself. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting, right? Because there's there's people that are where weight loss isn't the priority for them, and and they've found peace in that. And I commend them, and I'm so happy that they were able to do that. And and I I tried I tried that path, and I wasn't able to do it. And so at this point, I've got a I've got to shift my internal narrative that that discussion that I'm having, you know, with myself all the time and just admit it. Look, I took I was bloated mm-hmm. coming out of that Easter weekend. Right. Um, so I took a, a, a decent amount of weight off this week and now the hard work starts. Right. And I think I've said that probably yeah. 500 times in my life. Right. But what I got to get through is if I can just get to week five right, or six of slow and steady, I'm, I'm okay with it. And there are going to be times where I struggle because long runs make me want to eat mm-hmm. big cheeseburgers. Right. Um, and I did after my race, I, we went out, I had a cheeseburger and I had a salad with it instead of the fries. And so that's my first victory, right? Is have the cheeseburger, don't have the fries. Um, and also stop after that, right? Mm-hmm. Like don't keep eating. And, and that, that's tough, right? Because I was ravenous after running like that. Um, and there's, there's this part of me too, that wants to understand like what, like, I don't know what healthy Pete looks or feels like. Cause I haven't seen him since like <laughs> 12. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm the better part of 40 years of unhealthy Pete. The only time I saw Healthy Dave is Fort Jackson, South Carolina, 1988, when I had three drill sergeants, care of the U.S. government, beat the crap out of me for 20-something weeks. And um, when uh, uh, my RTO in the fire academy, Kelly Ruth, Beat the crap out of me, not li- not literally, but you know, being in the fire academy for six months um, was the last time, and that was 2005, 
that there was a legit healthy day where I ate well, I exercised every day, and I probably gained 10 pounds a year in the fire service. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, I mean, and that's, to your point, though, finding, like, I'm trying to separate my self-worth from my weight, right? Like, I'm trying to separate that piece and just know, like, I need that to be healthy, to live the life that I want. But it, man, it gets entangled. Like I'm trying to remove it, but it gets entangled. And, but I will say this week, my pants like being loose feel a lot better than the pants. Like, yeah. And and I, I recognize that there are people who lose a tremendous amount of weight who can still look in the mirror and see the exact same person that was before right there there are a platter full of issues that i need to work on it's not everything's going to be better if david weighs 220 pounds not 305 pounds oh yeah dude that's the biggest thing right like i think that a lot of people when we discuss weight loss we in general being society right when we discuss weight loss that we somehow think that life becomes better magically when we hit some target weight like it's all of a sudden it's a panacea and all the ills of the world that we have are are cured right and that is so far from the truth and you know the the my my weight may be somewhat tied to my depression but it's not the reason that i that I have it because I can remember being now that I understand how to define what depression is. I had mm-hmm. that as a child, right? Like this goes way back when I was thin Pete. Right. Um, and so it's not a, it's not a somehow some cure. It's just another step in. Okay. Now I have that obstacle is out of my way. Right. And I've kept that obstacle. I feel I've kept that obstacle in my way for so long because it gives me a mm-hmm. great excuse. So I got to keep eliminating excuses. I was dangerously close to diabetes being an excuse. I can't let that happen. And it's like people don't want to talk about these things. You know, they don't want to talk about depression they don't even want to talk about diabetes, right? And I don't think people get mm-hmm. how bad this disease is. But I could tell you, so you know, a former high school, um, you know, somebody who was in our high school just had uh, limbs amputated. I have a friend whose A one C was right type type two, by the way. Not and not type, type one, one is so. actually a very very small, like almost single digit percentage of diabetics in 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 the country are type one, but I have a friend who's a type two. His A1C was 13. His blood pressure was through the roof. And the, the conversation was with his doctor. If you're going to go blind, right? I, yeah, I, I can't imagine that conversation. And you know, like I, the conversation, of weighing 300 pounds with my cardiologist brought me to tears. I couldn't imagine that conversation. And there are much worse uh, conversations and diagnosis that I can't imagine uh, 
as well. For me, I need to get to the point where I can no longer say that I have to do something for Braden or I have to do something for Farica. I have to learn that I have to do it for me. And that's that's where I'm at now. Right? And how do you, how do you learn that? That's well, a good question. <laughs> I, well, I mean to I mean for me getting to that point earlier in my life involved sure a lot of therapy sessions. I mean, I I went to a therapist and for a lot of people that could be an answer, right? Um but I think that you've got a super healthy relationship with Farica to mm-hmm. where you could discuss these things, right? And and maybe she can continue to help find ways to to do that. I mean, it's I I mean, I think we're lucky, right? We both got great supportive spouses. I mean, Gretchen asks all the time, "Okay, right. what can I do to help?" Right? And and I'm sure Farica's asking you the same. And she tells me all the, the time I thing, should go right? see someone. The hard part about seeing someone is finding the person that you trust and you can confide in because there are definitely, I have my PTSD issues. I have my family issues and then I have my self-worth issues. And now like, how do you find that one? And a lot of the people that I talk to their issue with mental health is finding that person. And look, I, I just read about, um, another 21 year old female, uh, athlete from oh, from and born and raised in oak park um who just ended yeah. her life tragically and i and i found myself in the car having the conversation with Braden, right like look and I, I and and i told him and i i don't think that he is anywhere near that point now but you i found myself having the conversation that at some point, if you go on to high school athletics, college athletics, if you ever have that moment, 100% of the people would much rather have Braden the non-thrower than Braden the thrower who felt in a moment that that was his only answer. And I could not believe I was having that conversation with my 12-year-old. And and I think that for me, I would go see, I, I'm kind of that old school, um, you don't, it's, you don't go see someone. You just kind of cry in your sleep and you deal with it and you go on the next day. But I would go to someone, but I don't know how to go about it and, and finding that trust in someone. So I think that that is an important admission, like that if that's what's blocking you, I don't know how we discuss this on the podcast because I think it can get <laughs> tricky because I don't, I don't want to come off as seeming like I'm offering right. advice, but I think I can, I think I can tell you that that process for me involved talking to a lot of different people. And when I say a lot, I mean like the first time I found somebody that I trusted, I think it took me about yeah. eight different people that I talked to 
And I went to, I always went to at least two sessions with them to see, you know, what was going on until I finally kind of got to the right person. I also believe in today's day and age, it could be a different, I don't know, like I did all this in person, right? Because there was no choice, but now there's a choice. You could Mm -hmm. do things virtually where if, if there's somebody that trusts a therapist or that you know, you wanted to try a therapist in right, right. Pennsylvania, right? And I, you could. I, I brought because... it up to Farica yesterday that there's a woman in Boston, Emily Saul, who I hear on podcast, multiple running podcasts. Who is a? Um, she does like November Project Boston and is a um, sports psychologist. I think she's a psychologist, not a psychiatrist. But I've talked to Ferka about seeing if she'll if she'll do something for Braden, right? And she would do virtually for for kids just to get him in that pipeline now. Like it's tragic what's happening to our two college athletes. And there was the big um Ohio State football player who just came out and talked about his his mental health issues and struggles. Yeah. So I I guess we're my only thing is, I agree that you've got to make sure you're taking care of Bray, and he may need a psychologist. Probably from right just now. having to deal with me as a dad, right? <laughs> but you, but I think you a hundred percent. There's no denying to, that, right? So, so maybe you know. I know there are several people who are therapists that are within our listening audience. Um, and I'm not saying that like you should talk to one of them, but I, I I guess what I'll ask is if you are in our listening audience, are a therapist, how do you, because a lot of therapists right. are also in therapy, <laughs> right? So, um, which is great, right? Like, because it's like practice what you preach kind of thing. How do you go about, like, what's the best way to go mm-hmm. about finding somebody? You know, because I mean, I could tell you three people who I think, you know, you could talk to. Skype session kind of thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That may benefit you, but I don't know if that's my place, right? Like to say, hey, but you know what? I think, to, and right? again, we go back to adulting, and I think that you and I have a relationship where, as friends, that it is your place to say it. Because if I was truly in a place of struggle, and you. And you didn't say, and I'm not saying that we're in that position. Yeah, yeah. That that could really be detrimental, and I think that people can't be afraid to say it, and I definitely can't be afraid to hear it. That you know, hey Dave, here's a little thing that you know, go about this this way, and I think right. that's adulting, and I think that's part of the process that I have to be, I we have to be open to hearing it. And people have to be comfortable and being able to say it. And that's how we take that next step forward in trying to get uh, grips on all this. Yeah. I mean, I, I went, I, I saw people for a long time. It's been tough for me because I don't have somebody right now, the person that I had for years and trusted and took all that time to find mm-hmm. is retired. So, and I don't begrudge him that. And he's actually taken a couple of times to 
to talk to me and see me since retirement just kind of out of like he could hear like hey i mm-hmm. needed i needed somebody um but and uh at this point though you know i don't know if i if i do or don't but at the minute that i think i might is the minute i've got to go back on that search so finding somebody is difficult but it it's possible and we can't let that get in the way right of the solution right and that's i think a big deal because i hear a lot of people say ah it's so hard to find the right person you're absolutely right it is there are a lot more alternatives to do it take that step because allowing yourself to suffer longer because you didn't take that step sooner like it's not going to get easier <laughs> to find somebody yeah. i guess is my point right like it's not going to get simpler so just start the process um mm-hmm. as soon as you think you need it and you know, kind of go from there. So anyway, I, I feel good about where I'm at today. I think that for you, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week. And, you know, I'm, I'm there and I, you'll probably get a note. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Look, I, I just, I, hey, what's up? Welcome. You know, today is, it's my point of no return, right? The training peaks is there. There's something every day on the calendar that I have to check off. And the reality is if I don't do it to, if I don't do my workout today and I don't do my run tomorrow, then it's going to be Dave listening to Pete's journey on conquering the Chicago marathon. Cause Dave effed up and is just a, you know, fat mess full of excuses. And I could say that about myself. So I'm really, it's, um, I've, I'm at that point with this whole October 9th is based on today. Have you booked? Uh, Pete, I don't I have no idea what I'm doing. Right? It, it's really, it's so <laughs> complicated, right? We were going to come in and all three of us were going to have a nice vacation. I have a friend who I can stay with, but then I'm like, how do I go if I fly in? Then I don't have a car, and how do I get to McCormick Place to pick up, packet pickup? But you know what I'm saying? Like the logist, I, dude. I mean, I'm going. I'm going. Right, right. I'm I happy to. I was such a rookie up. in picking. I will be honest and say I should have did Marine Corps Marathon, which is two weeks later, right? I got so caught up in Pete's doing. Well, can you, can you, oh, hundred percent. I can change to Marine Corps Well, why don't because I feel like I have a commitment to you, to be honest. Right. And no. I, because no. I, we've talked about running races together for so long that I really, when you got into Chicago, I was so excited. Like I'm running Chicago with Pete. Right. And I didn't think about the price and the logistics. And then I'm like, oh, well, we'll just, I'll take Braid home, see grandma and everything will be good. And then I'm like, 300 freaking dollars a night, $600 a night. B&Bs are jacked up too. They're just as expensive as hotels. And then I'm like, oh my God, what a mess. I'm just going to sleep in my car, (laughs) right? So 
Okay, so I, I'm not going to tell you what to do. However, I mean, dude, we're in our 50s. Like, stuff happens. Like, and, and if it's putting that much mental pressure on you to try to figure out these logistics and, and how that impacts, like, your family, your finances, your trip, like... Go do go do Marine Corps. We could still do the show. We'll just yeah, do yeah. two different hey, marathons look, two look, weeks apart. Marine because I I live forty minutes from DC, so I could take the metro into DC. Yeah. My fundraising commitment would be over. I've already made enough. I would still do team and training. Doing Marine Corps would make life incredibly easier. But I feel a commitment to you, and I don't. I just broke a commitment to. Um, another person that I was the race, the, uh, relay that we, that I talked about doing. And I, I finally just, uh, admitted my failure and my commitment to this. And I don't really want to, uh, break another commitment to another friend, to be honest. No, I mean, and I appreciate that, but I mean, I guess I'm, I'm letting you know, like, I don't see that as breaking a, I don't see it as breaking commitment my my goal is to see you kind of get back to the person I yeah. know you really want to be. And I don't want something as simple as the logistics for me are a nightmare <laughs> to inhibit that at all. Right. Like that's just that's crazy to me. I mean, if it's, hey, I have a place to stay, but I need to get to McCormick place. Yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to pick you up. Right. You know, so like if you could figure like if that's like, okay, if it's just me, if it's not the family, I got a place to stay. I know how to get to the I can get to the start line. Um, You know, I just I got to get to these three places like we're staying downtown that, you know, Saturday and Sunday night, both nights. Uh, Now it's both nights. Um, We extended our hotel a night. And yes, it is (laughs) extremely expensive. And I know I don't live that far from Chicago, but driving into the city during See, events I think is a nightmare. My initial response so, was, or thought was, you just take the train into the city. But then I'm like, ah, now you got to get up at like three o'clock in the morning to take the train into the city. I really never thought that hotels would be as jacked up as they were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're crazy. I mean, I think that you can get to some hotels like maybe out by the airport that aren't quite as much um like by one of the airports and then uh, or like by o'hare i think there's some things out that Mm -hmm. way where you can jump on the l um but i mean it's not the most luxurious accommodations but it's a place to lay the head but yeah i mean they're they're freaking expensive and uh, you know the one i think there was one that wasn't too bad and filled up. Yeah, like, I should have made the move right. the day they came out with their hotels, right? And now, I, now I've just procrastinated too much, and it's going to cost me. Yeah, I remember back in the day, I used to do, when I did team and training, like, I could actually do a second fundraising, like, level where they did yeah, all the accommodations and now for me. Is that, they still that do still that, exist? but they're not, um, there's no room blocks for Chicago. So normally they would have like room blocks. You get your discount. Like um, for Disney World, I like for uh, Dopey this year. Um, and you know I'm Disney obsessed. Uh, it's if you fundraised eight grand, 
you would get five nights hotel. So they still do that. They ju- wow. I just happened to pick the race where there's no room block or like race hotel. Got it. Got it. Well, man, I think that this is something to, to think about. Like, I really think you should. I understand what you're saying and I respect it, but I want you to really think it through and see if we can't come up with, with something because either way, we'll get to do some races. Like I've got a lot of uh, freedom to kind of mm-hmm. do what I need to do in life. And if I got to come East and, you know, run a race towards you, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do so. Cause I like yeah, yeah. going different places and, and uh, you know, run cations. And I <laughs> personally, I'm like, I, I love history. So going to DC, any excuse to go to DC. Like, yeah. And then, pretty you know, in. and uh, um, like yeah. I'm in the hub, the hub of American history, right? DC, Antietam, Gettysburg. There's a great marathon in Gettysburg. The Gettysburg Half Marathon is an awesome yes. race. And uh, they used to do the uh, American Odyssey Relay, which was a 200-mile relay, which was so fun. But you would actually run through Gettysburg and Antietam, through all the cemeteries and stuff. It was amazing. So there's time. If you ever want to come out east, I'm sure you can get Rob out here too. He's not too far away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've been to I've been to Gettysburg. We took years ago. We went to DC with the whole family, and we drove. So we went to um, we went to the 9/11 mm-hmm. memorial um, in Pennsylvania. We went to Gettysburg, um, all the stuff in DC. Uh, and it was a it was a great time and uh, oh boy, I don't know what. Well, it doesn't really matter. Nobody cares. One of the other historic towns in uh, Virginia. <laughs> uh, we went to Fredericksburg. Yeah. Is that right? No, Fredericksburg, in Virginia. Yeah, my Ver- nightmare. Virginia, Virginia. That's like the worst traffic yeah. congestion in the state. It is brutal. <laughs> I it took me um, two hours to get to Brains Meet yesterday. And we go through Fredericksburg, and it took me Oof. four and a half hours to get home. Nice. Oof. Well, dude, I think we've gotten a lot out in this hour and. Is that all it's been? Minutes. I feel um, like we've been talking apologies. for hours. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Everybody else yeah, feels they're, like they're the tuned days. off. Like so, if you're still listening at this point, yeah. you get you get one of those uh, Facebook top fan notifications. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more power to you. But uh, yeah, so we I think we should wrap it up. Apologies to anybody who doesn't want to hear F-bombs. And, you know, this is a show where you didn't have to worry about that. And, you know, st- stuff happens sometimes. And There weren't too many. Know, so be it. Uh, no, I think I think three. That's not bad. Maybe two. I think, I think I you did I them all, Pete. So, oh, man. I think Brain's going to be more yeah. disappointed. Yeah, well, than you that. know. <laughs> oh. No F bombs yeah. from Dad. So he Come talks on. worse than I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. You've been listening to episode 140 of the Fat Man Chronicles, FMC Run Chicago, chapter 12. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. You can find Dave and I in the show on socials. Feel free to Facebook message us or or what have you uh there are still two slots open for the for charity though if you do want to come run it Gretchen and i are still willing to uh 
to put up a few hundred bucks to get you kickstarted. And with 24 weeks to go, as you know, if you sign up right now, you can do the whole training plan with Team and Training, and you're good to go. So other than that, everyone, get out there and be better today. I was not hiding. I was unsure. And now-